0: for this episode we'll be talking about george harrison and all things must pass in the room i have rob oh hi and ben hello all things must pass is the triple album by english rock musician george harrison recorded and released on the 27th of november 1970 the producer was george harrison phil Spector, and the genre is folk rock gospel hard rock and country and from all music review uh, richie underberger Without a doubt, George Harrison's first solo recording, originally issued as a triple album, is his best. Drawing on his backlog of unused compositions from the late Beatles era, Harrison crafted material that managed the rare feat of conveying spiritual mysticism without sacrificing his gifts for melody and grand sweeping arrangements. Enhanced by Phil Spector's lush orchestral production and Harrison's own superb slide guitar, nearly every song is excellent. Awaiting on You All, Beware of Darkness, the Dylan collaboration, I'll Have You Anytime, Isn't It a Pity, and the hit singles My Sweet Lord and What Is Life are just a few of the highlights, a very moving work with a slight flaw. The jams that comprise the final third of the album are somewhat dispensable and have probably only been played once or twice by most of the listeners who own this record. All right, what do we think of All Things Must Pass? Dude.
1: How much time you got. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I got let's try to cram it in under a half an hour.
1: Whew. Okay. I I really like how things must pass. I do too. Yeah.
0: I consider it I mean, if you were going to say just like on the spectrum of Beatles, it's it's up there with some of those Beatles albums. Um, Oh, yeah.
1: It's I think it's absolutely the best solo Beatles album, and I think it's arguably better than some Beatles albums. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Beatles on it. Right, but Man, this is... Speaking of people on this, this record... This is
0: Harrison. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, let's just do a rundown of the people that are on this record. So, yeah, you got George Harrison, uh, Eric Clapton, Klaus Vorman, Ringo, Billy Preston, all of Badfinger, uh, they're all playing acoustic guitars, and uh, Mike Gibbons, the drummer for Badfinger, is playing that very powerful tambourine that you're hearing through the whole thing, so much that Phil Spector nicknamed him Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> Uh, you've got Alan White of Yes. Uh, you got Jim Gordon, all of the guys in Derek and the Dominoes, Bobby Keys, uh, Pete Drake as a pedal steel Nashville cat. Uh, you've got Gary Booker of Procol Harum. Peter Frampton was on there, and no one even knew because he wasn't famous yet. He just won of the acoustic guitars in the Wall of Sound. Same thing for Phil Collins, just back there playing percussion. Uh, it wasn't until they reissued it in 2000 that George Harrison realized Phil Collins played on that record. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... It's everyone unsubstantiated claims of appearances by uh, uh, John Lennon, Maurice Gibb, uh, Robin Wright, the guys are in uh, in the band, and then uh, even Ginger Baker's playing on Apple Jam. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So
0: kind of a full uh, full crew there. Yeah. Compare that just
2: gigantic mess of of musicians to what Steven Sills tried to do with that gigantic mess of musicians. That's what um, I was going to say. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, you
2: and me, Twinsies. Yeah, yeah no, like, holy shit. What a better, <laughs> what a
0: better songwriter. Well, These are George person- Harrison songs, though.
2: And, you know,
1: personal bad people traits aside, Phil Spector producing it is one of the reasons it sounds so good with so much going on. That w- That's his thing. Yeah. This whole album is wall of sound.
0: Yeah. I... I was going to make the same point that you did about the Stephen Stills, but Harrison feels like these are Harrison songs. That Stills record just kind of felt like he kind of had a loose thing and said, hey, guys, come and be featured and then do your kind of own thing on this album. Yeah. Is how I, I felt about that album. This feels like Harrison is like driving it. He's like, I want this. These are the songs I've written. They're fully formed, fully... Thought out songs, except for this last, <laughs> this last <laughs> part of the record. Yeah, Let, the yeah let's address that. Thing. Do you consider okay.
1: this a triple album
2: or a double album? I mean, I don't own the record, so I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, that seems excessive. Okay, um, I think it's it's
0: hard it's hard to it's hard to ignore the fact that there's an entire record of more no, songs. No, it's really
1: easy to ignore it. Because you just don't play that record. It's a
0: separate record, It's a yeah. separate record. It is true. Yeah, but... You say it's a double with I a think, bonus. Yeah, so, okay. you
1: know, this this record, it comes in a really nice box. Uh, the presentation of it is high-end, is expensive. There's a big, full-size poster in there, lots of packaging. And there's already these two discs. And I think that that Apple Jam is kind of a bonus disc to... to a bonus disc to lighten the blow of the steep price of the box
2: set.
0: Interesting. I think, would the, I, I, would, I, I think it's like a.
1: Yeah,
2: would, like, would the box set have been cheaper if they'd not pressed that record? I was going to say. the, the I think he
1: wanted to do it in, like, in like this clamshell box. I mean, like the, the clamshell's
2: really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I agree. I would never put that record on. No,
1: I, I listened to it once. It is not required listening. Yeah. It's not bad. It, all the players are good. It's everyone everyone that's playing, you know their name, but it's just them jamming in a studio and it, it's it is non-essential listening. But every single song on the other two discs is I think airtight.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. We we'll listen to Wawa right now. So really I would good.
1: rather I would rather uh, I would rather perceive this as an airtight double album with a bonus than a triple album and the first two thirds of it's good, and that's just how I choose to. I see. To look at it.
0: I see. I don't really understand Harrison's. I understand his reasoning for making double album. It's like I got all these songs and I just need to get them out. I want. It's been And It took so long to kind of get his his way mm-hmm. that I feel his. You know, it. He had all the songs. He he he's a. He's a great songwriter. It's it's proven, you know, with was all he, of these songs. Was he just ignored in the Beatles? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes, they would it give was. him,
1: like, uh, like one song per album.
2: So that, that, that was, he wasn't, like, just meekly offering no. songs? No, no. no. Like I, multiple, I never understood that. There's multiple
1: songs on this album that were, he wrote them and intended for them to be Beatles songs, and they were turned down by the band. And, and a bunch just, of fucking idiots. And he's held on to him, And then, so yeah, his first album that he releases after it, it's basically, it's all been pent up. Like, here's all this stuff. Right. And I think even he was considering whittling it down to a single album. He took it to like the the label execs and he's like, well, here's everything I've got. Like, we can pare it down. And they're like, oh no, like this all needs to stay.
0: But that, but adding that third, that third record though, that costs more money I I don't quite understand the but the studio time for you're just paying for the wax. That studio t- that
1: like it took as long to record as it took them to play.
0: Right. So I feel a little cheated, I guess. If if why why throw it in?
1: Because I think well studio jams were kind of a thing at the time yeah. in 1970. Yeah, sure. Uh, all these famous people were getting together in a laid-back atmosphere and they kind of wanted to, you know, commit it like commit these these interactions to history, so they so they're recording it. Then, yeah, you know, like why not throw it in? You, you're George Harrison. You just bought a giant Victorian mansion. Yeah. You throw your fans an album of you jamming with Eric Clapton.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. I just I don't know. I didn't like it's it. Strange. I didn't like those jams. I like the first one. The first one that is not uh, out of the blue. Yep. The it's like mm-hmm. 11 minutes. It has like a real driving dynamic beat uh dynamic sort of structure and then the rest of them are a bit blue like blues heavy they just kind of like rely I mean, on yeah, typical get, kind of blues
2: I, I guess there's it would be uh let me see if i can phrase this coming it's up,
0: also very short the the third album yeah. I, that's i think what uh, what made me a little more annoyed is that it doesn't cost any more to put more songs on the Record. Do you want more of those jams? Sure, I would like to. If if you're going to give me an extra record, why not just fill it up, right? With well, whatever else you know, got. I don't know, man. Like
2: uh, I think that if well, if it's truly what, a bonus, then what, what's ridiculous is just how good those other two yeah. records are, and how it's just all back to back, like really great songs. And then to get to the third one, like it'd be different had he cold this down to, like, you know, six or seven tracks, and then we're in- interspersing these...
1: Oh, no. I would rather, especially in the format it was released in, you know, where yeah. I don't. I would have to skip over those jams. Yeah, and now true, I don't have true. to. I just don't play that disc. That's true. The disc's even labeled differently. Uh, the first two discs have the the standard green apple label, and the third one has a different label. It just says Apple Jam on it. Okay, yeah.
2: are, are, are we all going to agree that this is a... A double record with a bonus disc.
0: That's my opinion.
2: Okay, I like your I
0: mean, I could get on board with that, that because was,
2: now that I see the packaging like, yeah. of the
0: record itself,
2: it, it 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 makes more sense than like me burning through this like on MP3s. Uh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, I I agree with Ben yeah. on this. So I'm going to just assume that everything else is immaculate, and then there's <laughs> this other stuff you can listen to.
0: Let's talk about the other, uh, the, 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 the 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 main body, the main body of uh, work, the, 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 the two stuff. thirds. Yeah, this album is, uh, I listened to it again, you know, a couple times this week, and I was just like, "Yep, still great." Did you still love it. You still got
1: it? <laughs> that all the background vocals are all just George
0: Harrison. I did, and that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: what he credited himself as, like the George O'Hara something singers. <laughs> <laughs> you have like all like it sounds like like a. A male and female chorus, but it's all just, just Georgie. Yeah,
0: A couple of these are about the Beatles. The one listening, to Isn't It a Pity, is kind of about their breakup. and so's run of the mill. Yeah. So, huh. It's definitely in there, but it's it's veiled enough, I mean, that it doesn't just hit you over the head, being like, you know, I'm done with the Beatles. Just like the cover, yeah, the where it's imagery. Got, the, got the four gnomes. Yeah. Uh. Sort of being like, like oh, are, are those all supposed to be Beatles? It's supposed to yeah. be
1: him, like the, the, leaving the Beatles in his past as like the, the yard gnomes, and now he is George Harrison. Yeah. So he
2: is the fifth Beatle.
1: He's yeah. also like a groovy garden wizard. He yeah, he is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's also
0: every band who tried to sound like this album from the 2000s. They definitely used that, that was thing. sort of style. Oh, yeah. Oasis? Are you kidding me?
2: No, I. I I am so out of the loop for what music was in the 2000s because I was stuck up my own ass, like playing dumb noise music.
0: Like I, I have
2: no idea what happened. I was also very uh, drunk.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a whole list of things: ELO, My Morning Jacket, Fleet Foxes. Grizz- ELO wasn't Grizzly from bears. the 2000s. Oh, sorry. Well, I was okay. I'm just yeah. saying that they were influenced. Fleet Foxes? I don't know what that is. Yeah, is that exactly. A, is like a fleet of them. J- yes. yes, it's,
2: it's, it's, yes. sef- it's several foxes uh, working suite in suite of foxes, also, <laughs> <in> formation. <laughs>
0: but especially, uh, Jim, Jim James. Oh yeah. Know? Oh your yeah. Names. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Elliot Smith. Yeah. 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 Really? Elliot Smith. Uh, Elephant Six bands guided by voices, Oasis so. mm-hmm. blur. Yeah. I mean, you name it. This, I think this album is definitely one of those. Hmm. It was said to have created, what was it? Uh, Dream pop or something like that. Like I could see that someone kind of like
1: just all that reverb, with all the like reverb, lush melodies. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sort of this uh, hazy melodic. So it wasn't necessarily within that band scope of just laid back rock or anything. Mm-hmm. It became with the Phil Spector production. It moved it over into this like dream. Yeah. Dreaminess. Of,
1: Speaking of dreaminess, he's used it a bit in the Beatles, but this is, kind of the first time that the signature George Harrison slide guitar sound is fully on display, just like all over the place. I heard uh, some review. They're like, in the wake of this album, like that George Harrison slide guitar sound is is, as recognizable as like the Mark of Zorro,
0: Hmm.
1: you know, there's like the way he plays. And it's going through like every song. It's often the hook, like that, that cool hook in, in My Sweet Lord, uh, like this is the first one that comes to mind. Like, I like that George Harrison slide guitar. Yeah,
0: yeah if great. if not for you, oh yeah, uh, that's it's all over that. <laughs> uh, let me give a little background too to this to this album because I found it really interesting. It wasn't uh, mentioned at all in some of the reviews. But while he was making this, his uh mother was diagnosed with cancer, and so he was making regular visits to Liverpool to tend to her, and so. I, it was like heartbreaking to hear because all things must pass. Like the song, like all this stuff within this album being like the Beatles broke up and now his, uh, his mother is dying. Um, not to mention that, uh, Harrison said that Spectre needed 18 cherry brandies before he could start work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, also, Eric Clapton Jesus is obsessed Christ. with his obsessed his with his wife, wife and wife. becoming
1: a junkie because of it.
0: Yes. Because of the guilt that he felt. Um, and so all this kind of stuff was like piling on the pressure also to deliver the album because he had spent all this time and you know, the label was expecting it a lot sooner. So I thought, I thought it was, it's a fascinating, uh, backstory to how this all came to, a. To a head. Also, it was a very anticipated album because mm-hmm. everyone was looking for you know what's next for the Beatles.
1: Meanwhile, George Harrison just bought like the kookiest mansion in in eastern England, the, uh, the Friar Park. Have you seen pictures of this place? Yeah, it, it looks like the Biltmore only with like towers. Uh, it it it's everything is just like adorned with flourishes. Uh, it's got on the property. Which is acres and acres and acres. It's got like multiple buildings, multiple lodges, in Aspen, an Aspen garden with its own twenty foot tall sandstone replica of the Matterhorn. Oh, it's got uh, grottos and caves. It's got <laughs> lakes. Some of the lakes have like a stone walkway just above the wa- just below the water levels to give like the walking on water effect. That's yeah really it's a he bought a giant crazy house with all the bells and whistles it was built in like 1889 and this place looks fucking rad yeah. uh, oh and uh on disc two the song uh the ballad of sir frankie crisp let it roll sir frankie crisp was the original owner that built this this e- e-
2: eccentric palace
1: yeah yeah
2: i had no idea that the song that we were listening to right now was george harrison <laughs> What is life? Yeah. How much of a banger is this though? What a fucking banger! And if, if, am I mistaken in thinking that it was uh, in uh, Goodfellas? It was. Like, is it where like the helicopter is following him around?
1: That is Harry Nelson jumping into the fire. I Okay. Think. But this is absolutely in Goodfellas.
2: All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the the thing that I recognized it from, and man, what
0: a what a great
2: song.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That Phil Spector production. It brings it up. Yeah, I did, sure. I did mention that, uh, or I did write down that, the one thing I did notice on Phil Spector is you you can't really have, like, a strong base. Like, you can't have a strong groove. So if there's, like, a punchy base, what we're getting with Sly and the Family Stone doesn't yeah. really work out with a Phil Spector production. Be, no, it's
1: got to fit in that wall. Because it's
0: got to fit in the wall, and it's got to be all in co- it, it it like mm-hmm. takes up every part of everything mm-hmm. and so you can't have these like dynamic things right. happening within that but works perfectly for this record yeah. and i'm so glad they he worked with them because yeah it just it just works
1: how powerful is this tambourine <laughs> he's playing the shit out of that tambourine. yeah he is
0: <laughs> down to this song that we're listening to right now. Is Let it down. Let it down. Doesn't this song sound like an 80s? It's got the loud soft loud.
1: This is like one of the first I I was thinking earlier today. It's like one of the first songs I can think of that has the loud soft loud that what like they start to hear a lot more in like 80s and 90s indie rock. Yeah. Because like the intro of this song the intro of this song is heavy and then it just goes into that like minor chord and it just Is chill for a little bit and then it gets heavy again.
0: Yeah. I, I, when I was re listening, I I was, you know, thinking about this more and more, and I was like, man, this song sounds so far ahead of its time for whatever, you know, whatever they're doing.
1: It's about doing it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. What do we think of the album? Fucking great. Listen
2: to it. Positive. Yeah. Absolutely positive. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Ignore the third one un- unless you just want to be mildly disappointed yeah like it, it is just jams it, it's it's just dudes jamming i do agree
0: with that the first song out of the blue was it's fine if you just want to kind of hear what what they're doing in the studio but at the same time yeah i feel like that's a completely like you were saying if it's a double album with a bonus the bonus is just there yeah. it's nothing that uh is really required but everything else is very, very good. So good. Uh, very positive on this. Must be in the book. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. This
1: album went six times platinum. Yeah, it has sold more than Imagine and Band on the Run combined. Really? Suck at other Beatles. Yeah, they weren't
0: <laughs> happy about that either. I had read that they, uh, they, um, they weren't like upset. They were just kind of like, Urgh. well, you, you know, know,
1: they could have just written All Things Must Pass. Yeah. but, they, they, but they, they didn't they they wrote fucking Band on the Run
0: right right but I think that they what is it you know man that song sucks it's like they had their own <laughs> I like like the first third
2: something album. something and Toucan Sam
1: yeah is something something you know what's alright though I like the song Jet ooh, 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 ooh. Jet yeah. yeah that's a good one sure yeah we'll get to that album yeah we will I think are we getting the Band on the Run I don't know, or is Paul McCartney just done? No,
2: uh, no. <laughs> we're, 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 I think we got a fucking solo Paul McCartney coming up. We doing Ram, Ram
1: or uh, the one with like the, the spilled bowl of cherries or whatever?
0: Yeah, no. man, that's that's yeah. like a metaphor for something. You yeah. Know? Uh, what are, <laughs> I didn't hear. What What do you think, Ben? Eh,
1: required listening, except for the third disc, which is definitively not required listening.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, and we we you know we've only talked about really the first half of this record so far, but like I, I, anything that I say more is just going to be repetitions on a theme of this being
0: really good and you should listen to it. Yeah. All right. Next time we'll be talking about uh, Simon and Garfunkel bridge over troubled water. All right. Thanks y'all. I was gonna mention the Phil Collins story, since you had brought that up earlier. So Phil Collins is was uncredited. It was um, what was it? His his agent said, "Hey, do you want to be on a George Harrison album? Go down to Abbey Road." So Phil Collins goes down there. He sees all the people piling in. You know, Badfinger. Everyone you've everyone you've ever heard. Of, you've ever, yeah. <laughs> he gets in there, and they kind of are like, "Who's this guy?" Like. He thinks he can play on a Beatles album. Phil Spector like doesn't, res- you know, have any respect because he's, I think, he's like 18 at the time. So he gets him to play Congos on the Art of Dying.
1: Dude, Art of Dying a cool track.
0: But he like doesn't record it because <laughs> he's like, oh, why would we record this? He just gets him in there to do it. Phil Collins buys the album after it comes out and he listens real hard for <laughs> his playing. Obviously not on the album. Uh, they become friends later on, Phil Collins and George Harrison. And when it was re-released in 2000, I think. Yeah. Uh, Be a 30-year edition. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Harrison is like, "Hey Phil, I'm gonna put you as credited, you know, for that song now." And he sent him a copy of uh, of of the song. And he just got uh, Ray Cooper to play bongos really badly <laughs> <laughs> and recorded. <laughs> and, and Phil that's Collins so was like hilarious. so impressed that he like a beetle spent their time to, right. to, to do a to, joke to, for him. to punk him. Yeah, that's a great goof.
1: Dude, punked by a beetle. That's uh, that's up there, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>